from the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School. This is Career Talk on Business Radio. Here is your host, Dr. Don Graham. And welcome to Career Talk, your career insider here on Business Radio. We are powered by the Wharton School, and we are on Sirius XM Channel 111. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham. I'm the career director for the Wharton MBA for Executives program here in Philadelphia. I'm also a licensed psychologist and former corporate recruiter. And I'm here today with the Dream Team, Michelle Stucker and Dion Simpkins, who will be sharing in our True Confession segment later, so stay tuned for that. (laughs) We are live every Thursday at noon Eastern Time. That's um, 9 a.m. Pacific Time. And we are taking your calls now at 1-844-WHARTON. That's 844-942-7866. So today, it's still fall, my favorite season, and we've had such great shows about resume and LinkedIn makeovers. And as we approach Halloween, I'm very excited to bring back one of our scariest guests, the evil HR lady, a.k.a. Suzanne Lucas. Um, Suzanne spent 10 years in corporate human resources, where she hired and fired, managed by the numbers, and double-checked with the lawyers. Her clients included Inc.com, CBS Money Watch, Business.com, and Comstock Magazine, where she writes five to six articles each week on career growth, managing people, and managing difficult situations. We're very excited to have her back on Career Talk to talk about all the insider secrets of HR. Suzanne, welcome. I'm so happy to be back, although I'm a little uh, nervous about having to be scary. (laughs) It's a self-branded name, a brilliant name. I have your performance appraisal for you now. Yes. Well, you know, I mean, HR is there to help us, but at times, you know, it can be a little scary, kind of like going to the principal's office, you know, HR wants to see you. Ah. Oh, that can't be good. Um, Yeah. So, hey, if you're listening, we would love to hear from you. And Suzanne is here all hour answering your scariest HR questions. (laughs) 1-844-WHARTON. That's 844-942-7866. So we are going to go right to the phones to start, Suzanne. So Aaron in New York, welcome to Career Talk. How can we help you today, Aaron? Good morning. How's it going? Good morning. Good afternoon, rather. (laughs) Um... I'm calling in because I'm a recent grad. Um, I have some experience in the field that I would like to get into. I'm trying to break into technology consulting to be a bit more specific. Um, And I've identified a few firms that I would love to work with. Um, So I've networked with alumni. I've gained informational interviews with them. I've gotten recommendations from them. I've reached out directly to recruiters. Uh, with the organizations that I'm interested in, but I haven't heard anything back. And even when I sign in to check my application status, it's approaching three weeks since my submission, and it's not even under review. It still says application received. So interesting. So um, first off, let me say networking, reaching out. You are doing all of the right things, Aaron. Um, and can, you said you're reaching out to two companies specifically? Yep. Um, I'm, are you comfortable sharing who they are? Yeah, absolutely. Accenture and IBM. Okay, so yeah, huge companies. All right. So, Suzanne, what's going on behind the scenes here? It could be absolutely anything. <laughs> the- <laughs> it's not you. It's it's, it's them. <laughs> it's not you. It's them. Yeah. It, and it could be. Um, 
especially in big, big companies like that, there are so many things that can go on behind the scenes. So I'm a manager and I post the position and the recruiter posts it on the website and you apply. And in the meantime, my peer goes to our mutual boss and says, hey, why is Suzanne getting a new position? I need a new position and my thing is more valuable. And there's a fight going on. Who gets the head count? You know, anything can happen. That could be what's happening. That could be on hold. It could be that they got 500 applicants for this position and right. you're never going to hear anything. Right. It's just, it's so, a mystery. It is a mystery. And so that, so Aaron, here's, here's what, um, here's what you can do. You sound like you've been doing all the right things. You have network contacts. If, if one of your contacts might be able to, you know, tap on HR's door and say, hey, just want to make sure you've received Aaron's application because, hey, I'm sure these big companies have referral bonuses. So that might yeah. actually help your contacts. Um, Recruiting time, I always say, is is incredibly slow. It's much slower than, than real time. So what feels like forever to you probably feels like nothing to an HR team because they're doing their day-to-day job. They're juggling multiple jobs, multiple candidates. So three weeks isn't terribly long not to hear something from some of these large companies. But I hear what you're saying that you're starting to say, um, you know, they haven't even looked at it yet. So one of the things I would recommend is diversify. I mean, these are great companies, obviously, but they have great competitors. So have you started looking at other consulting firms or other technology firms, Aaron? Um, the thing is with these two programs in, in particular, they really tend to focus on the development aspect and hiring recent grads and grooming them with the skills. Um that are required for the job. I mean, to be really specific for my case, I'm really interested in um, SAAS, um, Software as a Service Consulting. Um, And that's really a field where, you know, for other positions and other places, uh, they would ideally look for people who already have certifications. Right. So a couple of things. These two companies also tend to uh, often recruit on campus for new grads. So I don't know if that's an option for you or if you still have the availability or the access to your your school to do that. Um, The other thing is they are obviously huge organizations. So I don't know if you're open to relocating. They might have positions in places that are not where you currently live in New York. So that might be an option. Um, Certainly you can continue to knock at their door. But at some point, Suzanne, you can correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, they track how many positions you apply to and and what's going on. And I I think at some point that's going to be a detriment to your search. But Suzanne, what do you think? As absolutely will be. If if you've applied for two or three positions that you're highly qualified for, that's fine. When you start applying for four or five or 10 or 15 or 20 positions, some of right. which are huge breaches, you get a crazy stamped on your application. Right, right. Um, well, if that's the case, I'll continue to, I guess I'll continue to reach out to alums um, see if that helps, but also look into other opportunities if it does reach that point where, you know, it seems like regardless of what I'm doing, I'm ending up nowhere. And here's what I'm going to say to you, Aaron. Um, 
when you reach out to these alums, I know you're looking you're looking specifically to land a job, but instead of going that route, I would ask them and say, you know, what please tell me honestly, you know, what about me is attractive to the company, to the the position, to the role, and what is not? Because those things might be getting in your way and it's better for you to know those while you're networking and while people can give you honest feedback so you can fix them. And then go in with a perspective of, okay, now I know specifically what the company wants and what they don't want. So I can I can network and I can apply knowing that information. So that's going to be my advice to you, Aaron. We wish you all the best. Congrats on graduating. That's awesome. And thank you for giving us a call and career talk. Hey, we are on the phone with Suzanne Lucas, a.k.a. the evil HR lady, talking about scary situations. I'm your host, <laughs> Dr. <laughs> Don Crew. Ha, ha, ha. And you're listening to Career Talk. Hey, we're taking your calls right now at 1-844-WHARTON. That's 844-942-7866. Caroline in California, welcome to Career Talk. How can we help you today? Hi, thanks for taking my call. I'm calling on behalf of my daughter. She actually just graduated as well in um, in May. Uh, She was attending a school on the East Coast. She majored in English with a concentration in professional writing, and she's had a couple of internships. Um, in corporate communications. However, right after she um, graduated, she moved to Seattle, um, where obviously she has no network and no one knows about the University of Delaware in Seattle. So um, she's been sending out, you know, a ton of resumes um, through LinkedIn, through different job sites, um, but she's getting a lot of, you know, thank you, you know, we're not interested at this time. And I just feel like... um, there maybe could be more that she could do to perhaps build her network. She doesn't have, like I said, a network, and really there's um, very few alumni, you know, from her school that are located in the Seattle area. So I'm just getting concerned with her because she's getting obviously very, very discouraged by this process. She feels like, you know, since she did have the internship, she does have some experience, but She's just not getting any bites on her resume. Yep. Um, that's that's an awesome question. Seattle's a great city. Love it there. Lived there for a year. Um, so what what brought her out to Seattle, Carolyn? Uh, well, you know, her, her boyfriend had graduated yeah. a year before, and he's doing a Ph.D. program at uh, that's what I That's what I figured. I figured it was a boy. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, um, and the reason I asked that is because he probably has already started building a network. So that may be one of the first places. I mean, he obviously is going to school out there. He's now got an alumni network out there. I'm sure he's got Mm -hmm. colleagues, classmates, professors who are, are, you know, who know him by now. So, I mean, I think that's an obvious place for her to start. Suzanne, what do you think? That is an obvious place to start. One of the things people think about networking is that it has to be with somebody that does what they do. And it doesn't. No. it can be anybody, and you can be like, well, my neighbor is a plumber. How does that help me? Well, plumbers are your best source because they talk to everybody all the time. They have you know, a huge network of people in all different companies and all different careers. But people don't generally think, oh, I'll mention to my plumber that I'm looking for a writing job. So she needs to take advantage of what she does have The other thing is that I can say as a writer is she needs to actually get her work out there. And that means 
she needs to start a blog if she doesn't have one and she needs to write for dare I say it Huffington Post or anything to get her name out there and to be able to have things that she can show and I'm sure she has a portfolio but she needs to have current stuff going because it's a tough field and there's a lot of people competing I think the I, I totally agree with all of that. Um, second level contacts are really where the jobs are, Carolyn. So, so as Suzanne mentioned, if there's you know the plumber knows everybody, but um, you know her her boyfriend probably knows somebody who's married to somebody who's at a company that could use somebody like your daughter, and and that's kind of what the, what she needs to get to strategically start to branch out and meet these individuals. The other thing is she may need to take a stepping stone position if she doesn't have that much experience, and I don't know what the market is like in Seattle for that type of work, but you know she may decide she needs to do editing or she needs to do something that's more peripheral where there might be more demand and then get her foot in the door and then start writing. So I I think that's something that um, she might want to consider, which would only get her more experience. It would build her network. It would, you know, grow all of that. So that's going to be that's going to be the suggestion for her. But I think she's she's doing all the right things. um, But sending out tons of resumes while it feels productive I'm just going to say that's probably not the way to go. She hasn't had a lot of experience or sorry, she hasn't a lot of success with that. And honestly, those resumes can go into the abyss. So thank you for giving us a call on Career Talk, Carolyn. We are taking your calls now at one eight four four wharton That's 844-942-7866. Or you can tweet us at bizradio111. So I want to talk about that for a second, Suzanne. So, you know, sending resumes out there, um, how honest or really up to date are the job ads that are posted online anyway? <sighs> That's a really good question, and it's going to vary from company to company. Some companies are going to be exactly right. You know, this is what we're recruiting for today, and we're on top of it. Other companies, you'll see a job posted for six months that was filled five months ago, and they didn't get around to taking it down, or the job got pulled. Yep, I, I call that the, the mayonnaise in the back of the fridge situation. <laughs> oh, yeah, there it is. Still there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, you know, we were talking earlier about how the job hunting time operates differently than normal time. I, I like to think of it as a pregnancy. When someone else says, oh, I'm pregnant, and then you turn around the next day and they have a baby. But for that pregnant woman, it took like 14 years to get through those nine months. And when you're applying for a job, you're the pregnant woman and it's like, oh my gosh, I'm still got morning sickness and it's going on. And everyone else is like, oh, time just keeps going. Yeah, it's definitely a different time frame. And I think that the hard part is that we forget when we're on the other side, like if I put my recruiting hat on, we forget how anxious and nerve wracking it is to to be waiting, especially when you right. think you're, you're, oh, this is a perfect job. This is the one that I've been been looking for. And you're waiting and you're waiting and you're watching the, the email. Nothing's coming in. And, and honestly, people in the in the company, the hiring manager, they're just going about their day, going about their business. And this is just another line item on their to-do list that they're like, hey, you know, I'll get around to it. So we're going to go to Alicia in North Carolina. Alicia, welcome to Career Talk. How can we help you today? Yes. I, um, I was offered a package from where I worked 10 years. 
and they were um, offered us a voluntary package. So I took the package, um, which was last month, um, and now even before I um, left, I got offered another job somewhere else, um, but it's making like $15 less an hour. However, the company is a giant, so they told me, the recruiter told me, just to get my foot in the door, and then if I'm there like six months, and then you can just transfer out if you're doing a good job. I'm wondering, should I take that chance, because like I said, it's, it's a really big company, um, or should I just continue to look for a job making what I, you know, close to what I'm making now, which I've been having interviews for that as well. Ooh, tricky situation. Suzanne, what do you advise? Uh this is something that no one else can make the decision for you, but $15 an hour is a lot lower. Well, that was with bonuses, though. That was with, with, with bonuses, like if you didn't get a bonus. But averaging out, it's about 15 It is a lot less. It really is. That's, yeah, I mean, that's a that's a big chunk of change. Did You said you accepted a package, so I presume you have severance that's holding you over. Yeah, yeah and plus, yeah, they. I have enough severance to last for like maybe six or seven months. You know, I, I'm not going to tell you to do anything, but if it were me, I don't think I'd take the job at $15 an hour less. And I'll tell you why. Okay. Um, because even the recruiter says, oh, this is a big company and you can move up, a $15 an hour raise is a $30,000 a year raise. And Okay. The only people that get $30,000 a year raises are people that are making 250000 to begin with. I'm guessing okay. that's not you. Oh, no. Oh, no. Absolutely not me. Because <laughs> if it was, then I'd be like, oh, take it. But so what's going to happen is they're going to say, oh, you're doing a great job, Alicia. Here's 5%. And okay. you're like, well, that works out to, you know, dollar fifty or whatever. It's gonna, okay, well, what my strategy was, Susanna, you tell me what you think. I know you got to go to the next caller, but my strategy was get my foot in the door, work there for like six months, and um, like move somewhere else or, or move up because it's a totally different field that I want to get into. So I have to start all over at the bottom. And the only reason they hired me is because I interviewed very well. I don't have any experience in this area that they are going to put me in. But they, they, she said that the only reason they hired me was I, I didn't have experience and they were struggling with that, but that um, they liked the way I interviewed and they seen the potential. So I'm getting in a whole different field than what I was in. Well, that's a different story. Yeah, because, completely different story. Because going to okay. a new field, you got to take a pay cut generally. Okay, all right. So all right. then it comes down to how much do you want to be in this new field? <laughs> yeah, I mean, here, yeah, I totally agree because you're 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 making the sacrifice of having a company roll the dice on you, Alicia, because they're saying, okay, you don't have experience, but we could tell from the interview you've got a lot of energy and potential. So we're gonna we're gonna take a little bit of a risk. You know, you do well in six months, you'll have opportunities to go other places in the company. Now that's not guaranteed. You might you might have them put that into the offer to say something like in you know in six months you can get a salary review or something that that kind of gives you that um, kind of quid pro quo in terms of okay I'm going to do a good job you're going to reward me. They may or may not do that, but I think if you're taking the pay cut to get your foot in the door of a brand new industry or a brand new function and you're going to be doing a lot of learning on the job, I think that's going to be one of the hits that you need to take 
in order to do that. But that's a great question, Alicia. Thank you for giving us a call on Career Talk. We really appreciate it. This show is all about you. We are here every Thursday at 12 noon Eastern time, taking your calls, answering your questions, and just really having a lot of fun. So today, um, we are here with Suzanne Lucas, aka the Evil HR Lady, and we're taking your calls all hour at one eight four four Wharton. That's eight four four nine four two seven eight six six. We're going to go to Joe in Texas. Joe, welcome to Career Talk. Hey, Don. How you doing? Hey, Joe. Uh, great show. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah. Hey, uh, Don. Basically, uh, I've been. With, I'm in uh, in my mid forties. Uh, my background has been sales, marketing, new development on the manufacturing side. And uh, recently, I've been receiving through LinkedIn uh, quite a few offers for sales director roles, new development, key account management. And those, those op- these offers came from solid headhunter firms. And uh, the thing is, uh, when I got to the interview process and then to a customer meeting or so, the timing that uh, some of these companies are taking are longer than expected. So I'm not sure if uh, a couple of questions here may may arise. Is a headhunter start fishing some profile candidates and the, the customer does not reply to them because they don't like X, Y, or C reasons of the profile? Yeah. So you so now now Joe you're putting um we were talking about this earlier so so great follow on. What was a long recruiting process now is is even longer cuz there's a middleman in there. There's the headhunter in there. So all of those things could be true. They could be fishing for resumes so that they can attract new clients. They could be waiting on the customer. They could be pitching more than one person to these companies. So the thing is you'll never know. Suzanne, what what do you think? Yeah, that's the thing. You don't know. And sometimes headhunters, they're always going to be positive to you because it doesn't cost them anything to keep you on, you know, on their list. But they only get paid when the company signs on the dotted line with you. So they're never going to say, well, this company is going to be a bust for you. They're going to keep saying it's positive. If there's any possible hope. So I, I think it's awesome, Joe. You must have a great LinkedIn profile. Rock on um, that people are reaching out to you. You did say these are reputable firms. How do you know? I mean, are these just big one, you know, some of the big five firms or how do you know they're reputable? Well, uh, one of them, it's like the top five. And, okay. Uh, uh, kind of. Uh, I want to like Spencer Stewart. Yeah, or, yeah. So the the big five. So yeah. So I mean, yeah. generally that that's reputable. But I, and I think this is a good point for everyone. So I'm glad you brought it up, Joe. Is it that the executive search recruiter or headhunter works for the company, and and it's kind of like a realtor. If the realtor, you know, you go to your realtor and you say, I want a four room house with with a basement and, you know, swing in the back and you, you know, you don't want your realtor bringing you something that that's a one bedroom condo. And so they're kind of putting people in front of this, this company and seeing what they want. And they're going to continue, as Suzanne said, to come back to you and keep you on the line until the company absolutely says yes or no. 
but you have to understand that they are selling a lot of homes to this to this company and um, the company ultimately will pick and the headhunter will get paid so it can be a long process like we said you, you're adding another layer in the middle of what was already probably a long process so if, if the job's really interesting to you it should be give and take they should answer your questions they should get back to you they should treat you very well as a candidate but it can take a long time and that's one of the drawbacks of doing that but joe thank you for bringing up a great point awesome job on your linkedin profile they're getting all these reach outs and we are taking your calls all hour on career talk at one eight four four wharton that's 844-942-7866 diane in illinois welcome to career talk how can we help you hi i'm calling from my son thanks for taking my call by the way sure um he is a Division One athlete, and I look at all his friends who aren't athletes, um, and, you know, they're doing internships over the summer. They're doing, you know, they're traveling abroad. He pretty much does his sports 12 months out of the year. So how does he, you know, you know, when he gets out of school and he's looking for a job, he's not going to have all that, you know, the internships and the experience because he's been, you know, four years playing a Division One sport. So, you know, what advice would you give me to get to him about that, not being able to get an internship or not being able to travel abroad? And, you know, he's a, he's a business major, a finance major. Yeah. So and, and you bring up a good point. And, and I think we say that a lot in this show that that one of the key things when you're getting your education is to make sure you're getting that experience because experience in the end is always going to trump education. But I would venture to say that that your son is getting a lot of leadership team building and other things as a college athlete who has to juggle full-time course load with probably travel to different places. So I would say that that's one of the things I would play up on the on the resume if I were your son that hey, I had to juggle all this and I still got, you know, I graduated with honors. And I still graduated in four years and I was the team captain and I had to do these leadership things. The other thing that um, he might consider in his classes nowadays, a lot of it's experiential learning. So they're doing actual projects or in, in business school, especially they're working with actual clients to do things. So to the extent that he can can do those types of classes and those types of projects, that counts. That's real experience. Yes, you're getting a grade at the end versus a paycheck. But hey, if you're working doing a consulting project for a company as part of a class, that counts. And um, as we heard last week from Karen Yankovic, who was talking about LinkedIn, hey, experience is experience. It's not about the, the employer but um but you know so that's my thought Suzanne what do you have to to share with Diane I think the same thing we we've kind of beaten the people's heads that you know you shouldn't put hobbies on your resume you shouldn't put things that aren't career related on your resume and that's true but division one sports are a different thing it, it's not like playing pickup basketball with your friends and it's not like being on a high school team either. It really is something to be proud of and that demonstrates a ton of things, like Don said. Um, the other thing that he can do is use that to network because anybody that's played that sport before is a good contact for him. Oh, yeah. Great point. 
Great point. Yeah, he. I'm sure he has tons of contacts, not just in in you know Illinois, but all the places he's gone. I mean, to be an athlete, you're you're getting invited to things. I mean, your network is is probably immense. So one thing he can be doing, I'm just going to follow up on what Suzanne just said, is make sure his LinkedIn is up to date and he's active on that. So he's he's you know people he meets, he's connecting with, he's he's keeping that network fresh so that when he's ready to leave school and go into the workforce, he's going to have a ton of people who are saying, yeah, just give me a call and let me know what you want to do. So I I think he's going to be set up well. Diane, thank you for giving us a call on Career Talk. We really appreciate it. Hey, we are here for you. We are taking your calls all hour at one eight four four wharton That's 844-942-7866. But now it's time for our pre-break quiz. Quiz. There's a quiz? Okay, so here's the pre-break quiz. What is the day and time of the week for which U.S. employees most often accept meeting requests? So you kind of have a multiple choice here, but you need to know the day and time of the week for which U.S. employees most often accept meeting requests. Hey, you think you know? Give us a call at one eight four four wharton That's 844-942-7866. You're listening to Career Talk on Sirius XM Channel 111.
You're listening to Career Talk on Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. Here again is Dr. Don Brand. He did the mash. He did the monster mash. The monster mash. It was a graveyard smash. He did the mash. It caught on in a flash. He did the mash. He did the monster mash. Welcome back to Career Talk, your career insider here on Business Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham, and we are on Sirius XM Channel 111 with Dion in the DJ booth there. Awesome one. We're here with Suzanne Lucas, a.k.a. the evil HR lady, one of our scariest guests. And we're taking your calls all hour at one eight four four Wharton. That's 844-942-7866. Or you can tweet us at BizRadio111. So, Suzanne, we're going to dive back in here. And before we answer the pre-break quiz, we are going to go to Tatiana, who has been patiently waiting in Utah. Tatiana, welcome to Career Talk. How can we help you today? Hi, Hello. thank you so much for taking my call. I had a question about how to find the right people. I am starting a bridal boutique in Park City, and um, I don't know how I'm going to be able to find, like, a specialty seamstress or, like, a really good bridal consultant that's really good in sales in this market because of the fact that there's not a bridal store in Park City. So, well, um, I, I'm well, sorry. Well, you picked the right market. If there's not one there, then <laughs> then there you yeah. go. Um, so, yeah, so your question is around how to hire people. So how do you find the right people? How do you make sure that they're a good fit for your company and what you're looking for? And um, how do you get them to come on board and stay? Suzanne, this is this is all you. Oh, well, and you have the added bonus is I grew up in Salt Lake in St. George, and so I know the area. Networking. Oh, oh my gosh. Awesome. You just, Tatiana, you just need to call Suzanne after this, and she's going to refer you to, to a bunch okay. of people. Like, I love when this happens. Problem solved. I got all sorts of friends there. Um, the trouble you're going to have is, for people that don't know, Park City is a ski resort, and it's very expensive. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. One of the things is you're going to have to pay, <laughs> and that means it, it's, I mean, things are expensive there because you have to pay people so much, which then makes it more expensive, and it's an evil cycle. But um, what you need to do to find these people is first figure out exactly what you do need and how much you're willing to pay for it, and you also need to network. We often think of networking as finding a job, but you also network to find employees. And there are definitely people out there that can do what you need, but you're going to have to go seeking for them because the best people are not looking for jobs because they have them. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's a very important point to, to say. The best people are not looking for jobs. And what do you think of this, um, uh, Tatiana and Suzanne? I, I'm thinking that there's opportunities now. I mean, I think just thinking about Amazon, I've been like 
doing all the shopping on Amazon, one click and it's there the next day. And I'm just thinking logistics wise, being creative, like uh, being a seamstress or looking for a seamstress or salesperson, do they have to be local? I mean, or is there an opportunity to tap into a population um, who, who are great sewers, but, you know, maybe you want to, to do that at home versus, you know, do it. And I know shipping and everything costs money, but I'm just thinking when you have your own business, especially in a resort place like Park City, I'm wondering if there are cost benefits to to outsourcing some of this or doing some of this marketing or other stuff online um, or from other remote places rather than doing it locally. And again, I don't know, um, you know specifically how you would do that, but I'm thinking to be creative, you might be able to get excellent, excellent people who are thrilled to be able to work from from a maybe more remote place to do the, the you know, to sewing and things like that. And it might just be a win-win. So just putting some ideas out there, Tatiana, it sounds like Suzanne might have some names for you. So you might want to <laughs> connect with her on LinkedIn and see if she can, she can give you some people. But thank you for giving us a call on Career Talk. We love answering your questions every Thursday at noon Eastern time at one eight four four wharton That's 844-942-7866. And we're going to answer our pre-break quiz. What is the day and time of the week? for which U.S. employees most often accept meeting requests. So a combination of people got this correct, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw it at you, Suzanne. What do you think? I was going to say Tuesday at 9 a.m. So Tuesday was, yeah, Tuesday was kind of the consensus. Tuesday at 2.30 seems to be the time for which most U.S. employees will accept meeting requests. So looking to huh. get on someone's calendar, Tuesday at 2.30. Tuesday is also the most productive day, whereas Friday is the least productive day. And that's probably not okay. a surprise to most people. Okay, we're going to do flash round because I like doing stuff like this. So. Suzanne, we're just going to do like thumbs up or thumbs down. I'm going to kind of throw out a couple of things about workplaces that may be frustrating or annoying, probably not illegal, but um, are kind of on the fence. And you just tell me thumbs up or thumbs down from your insider HR perspective. Okay, first one, selling Girl Scout cookies at work or other things for your for your kids fundraising. Thumbs up, thumbs down. Uh can I say thumbs up for Girl Scout cookies because I really like Girl Scout cookies and thumbs down for everything else? Thumbs up if you've got thin mints, but everything else, I don't want your wrapping paper or anything else. Just the thin uh, mints. Okay, no, general, general <laughs> thumbs down except for thin mints. All right. You got that. Thin mints. Okay. Um, cursing in the workplace. Thumbs down. There are a lot of people who disagree with me, though. So, it's, I mean, I'm guessing to what extent and in and, and the context of which you're doing right. it. If, if you drop something on your foot, you can let something fly. But if you're constantly like, yo, F this, F that, yeah, that's... that's yeah, down. I think it's bad enough if you're just walking around the office saying, yo... That's bad. <laughs> Forget the rest of it. Don't be doing that. Cool. Does that sound cool? <laughs> well, it doesn't sound cool when I do. It does when you do it, Suzanne. So, okay. Oh, excellent. <laughs> How about this? Sending an email when the person you're emailing is right down the hall. Um, thumbs up because then you have a, a record of whatever it is. Okay. If it's something record worthy. <laughs> but if not, get up. Get up. Right. Walk down the hall. <laughs> But that's also going to depend a lot on company culture, too. True. Very true. Um, 
asking for money when somebody's having a baby or wedding or other big event in their life? Some sideways. (laughs) It depends on how you do it. If you're like, hey, Jane's having a baby. and Here's an envelope. Stick in five bucks. And then we buy a group gift. And it's from everybody, regardless of who actually put the five dollars in that's fine when you have someone keeping a list and comes after you john where's your five dollars that's bad all right hey if you're listening we'd love for, to have you weigh in on this one eight four four wharton that's eight four four nine four two seven eight six six okay so i know these are hard um okay so the the next one and i already know the answer to this one dressing up in the office for halloween Again, that's a company culture is No, the answer is always yes. <laughs> oh, okay, yes. Halloween candy in the office. That's a big yes. Yeah, the, that answer is definitely always yes. Yes, yes, yes. No, I know. Yes, so yes, yes. so <laughs> it really does depend what you do. I mean, it, it can be very weird talking to a cat or a vampire when you're, you know, in customer service or something, <laughs> something serious. But, you know, in general, if your office culture allows, go for it. And when you go to see your psychologist and she's wearing a witch costume, <laughs> that's going to be a bit of a problem. <laughs> Was it? Because I've done that. No, I'm just kidding. I haven't. <laughs> but I'd like to. So here we go. Taking a mental health day, um, <clears throat> calling in sick or, or something when you really just want to kind of have a fun day. What do you think? Um, thumbs up, but don't quote me. <laughs> well, here's what I'm going to say. As a psychologist, I'm going to say mental health day is just as important as sitting home with the flu. Um, and, and here's the thing. You know that people get maybe five, six days, or depending on whatever your policy is, but and they, they go unused. So, you know, why not take a mental health day? But I'm going to do a little true confessions. And I'm going to ask Michelle and Dion, tell me about a time when you called in sick, but you really weren't. And what did you do? Have you ever done that, Suzanne? No, I haven't. Oh, come on. Never. 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 The closest I've come is I've called in sick when I had a mild cold once. And I was just like, oh, I'm so done with work. <laughs> okay, that that's that's lame. That's You were really sick. <laughs> I, I've been self-employed for the past seven years, though. I can't call Okay, in. that's fair. That's Stick fair. myself. <laughs> All right, that's fair. Plus, you're you're in HR, so. But, okay, I I, I totally advocate mental health days. Sometimes uh, you just I need do. to need to. Sometimes and, you need a break. And I think that do. counts. And I, Dion, Dion, don't. don't Why is it always me? <laughs> because you always have really good ones. I'm just saying, don't say anything incriminating on the air. Because... Well, no, I, I, I can't. <laughs> I'm sure I've done it in in other jobs. Yeah, yeah, not this I'm job. I'm always here. Of course, it's, it's other uh, jobs. Um, I I can only really think of when I did it in high school. And <laughs> Ferris Bueller. I, I, I had a pack with another friend in high school that we were both going to take out that day and just watch cartoons. All right. I did it. She didn't. Ah, oh, what kind of friend is that? <laughs> I felt really stupid because I was the only one just sit. I did. I did the whole fake cough and everything. And my parents thinking I was sick. Let's hear it. it. Let's let's hear a fake cough. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've heard that before. Yeah, yeah I know. That was just last week. I'm, I'm just good at it. Yeah, you are that, good at it. it. So, so all right, we know if you call him with a fake cough. What about you, Michelle? 
I'm gonna disappoint you. I've actually never done that. I'm too big of a scaredy cat and I'm too bad of a liar. Like, I would never be able to pull it off. I can't do the fake cough like Dion. Yeah, I, I'm with you, Michelle. I have to say, I've, 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 like, come into the office when I'm really sick, which is not a good thing to do because then everyone else gets sick and no one's happy. But, yeah, I have a hard time doing that, too. And and I wish we didn't because, I mean, on a, on a serious note, I think mental health days are – they should be in the package, Suzanne. There should be uh, – okay, you get five sick days and two mental health days because sometimes you just got to – you know, maybe you're moving. Maybe you just moved and, and like, you need to kind of organize and get that done. Or maybe you just need a day to, to, to clean out the garage and it'll make you feel so much better. And so I'm a big advocate, but we're going to go to Steve in Florida. Steve, welcome to Career Talk. How can we help you today? Hey, Donna, I just wanted to thank you again for taking the call. I've called before. Uh, you and I spoke on a few occasions. Uh, still trying to find a career. Um, but that being said, unfortunately, uh, my dad has actually gotten sick recently, and my wedding's also coming up. And I'm starting to wonder how bad it's going to affect uh, my resume when I go out and I look for jobs, that the gap between my last job and this next, hopefully next job, gets bigger and bigger. And I'm wondering... You know, how bad is that going to look? And especially with your guests today, I think that you know, be a perfect person to ask. Now, how is that seen on the other side where, you know, I can explain it, but I don't have that opportunity to explain it. I'm not going to put it in a yeah, cover letter. Exactly. You know, like, hey, my dad's sick. Just wanted to let you know as I continue telling me how, you know, yes. telling you how great I am. So, I'm, you know, I'm at that point where just with the wedding and, and taking care of him and kind of getting things in order while everything gets back in, it's like this perfect storm of bad timing. Yeah. And I'm just kind of wondering how does that look on the other side? And, you know, is this just another fun obstacle I get to deal with while I continue to look for a new career? Yeah. See, you definitely need a mental health day. Like you need a day oh, off need, from like, your life. Year. <laughs> yeah. yeah year. Well, well, Steve, first off, let me say I'm really sorry to hear about your father. I think that's that's a hard situation and one that I think more and more um, HR professionals and hiring managers are starting to see the generation taking care of um, of elderly parents or sick parents. So, I mean, I, I think that that is something that is not uncommon, unfortunately. I mean, obviously, wedding, that's that's exciting. And so once in a lifetime, you know, kind of thing. Um, so yeah. you want to be putting your all into that. Uh, we're going to be brutally honest with you, though, Steve, cause, and then we're going to tell you how to fix it. <laughs> Go ahead, Suzanne. Okay, no, <laughs> Go ahead, Suzanne. Well, the, it, it is true that the longer you're unemployed, the harder it is to get employed. So, you know, that's tough. But I think this belongs in your cover letter because if you don't tell me why you weren't working, I'm going to think the worst. If you stay in your cover letter, not your resume, but your cover letter, you know, I spent the last six months taking care of my father and, you know, he's passed away or he's doing better now and I'm ready to get back into the workforce, then I know what you were doing. And that makes it a lot easier to take a chance on you. So I'm a fan of saying it in the cover letter. So, Suzanne, we know from the stats, and it, and I don't know how accurate this is for every company, but about 17% of of um, cover letters get read, apparently. Now, I will tell you, Steve, as a recruiter, if I like the resume, I will go and read the cover letter. But I also know that that you may write a phenomenal cover letter that would totally make sense to me, but I might never see it. So that being the case, I agree, put it put it in the cover letter. But let's Suzanne, let's let's talk about other ways that Steve can get past that that um, you know, initial resume gap because I think 
networking in Steve is going to be your best bet. You sound like you're a guy who can juggle a lot of things and you can obviously work well under pressure and stress. And that's something that every company wants. Um, Steve, what do you do again? Uh, I was a teacher. I was trying to um, kind of move away from that, though, just because of the way the public you know, education system, especially down here, wasn't really beneficial for a long-term career. There's no growth. There's no wage advancement. There's nothing. Um, but my degree, if you remember, was in uh, biodefense. I was kind of looking at the defense industry. Um, but, again, it's all networking. And I've been, you know, pounding away on my network to see if I can just get an opening. But a lot of it comes back to experience that I'm lacking. I have the education. I just don't have the experience. That's kind of where I'm running into, like, this confluence of way too many things that everyone else calls about is, like, one guy. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah, I get yeah, that. Yeah. And, and no, and that, that's that's really true. I mean, I think that so you're talking about we, we do episodes on red flags, like things that recruiters look for. And you, you've kind of got the trifecta going on right now. You've got. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I totally yeah. I totally um, uh, sympathize with that. So let's let's talk about what you can do. So when is your wedding, Steve? Uh, the wedding's November 4th. And I've basically become in charge of planning and decorating and you should see it. It's just ridiculous. I love it. Life because she's just at home. Well, not at home. She's at work and she's running the show. And, you know, God bless her. I am definitely marrying up. No questions asked. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm like, I go and I just, I'm leaving a meeting now, as a matter of fact, with the linen people. Uh, so I'm like doing everything. <laughs> what are your colors, Steve? What are your colors? Oh, the colors are like burgundy and they're like a very champagne uh, uh, tablecloth that Ooh. has some texture because it's a rustic. <laughs> yeah, it is very fall-like. Um, I'm learning all these wonderful awesome. terms. Oh, yeah, very fall. Uh, you know, muted colors, but they're very bright and vibrant. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Steve, I think you've got a, a career in something else if you ever wanted it. But, I would yeah. love to, though. To be honest with you, I've actually been having a lot of fun doing all hey. this. I just don't know how I would break in with a biodefense degree. Well, I'll tell you, industry. Tatiana, one of our oh, earlier callers, girl. is opening yeah, a bridal shop girl. in, in part. City, you may want to connect with her and do something long distance, but yeah, yeah, I mean, there you uh, go. <laughs> We've solved everybody's problems. Yeah, no, I, I wish. I know. So, okay, so you have the wedding, and that that will that will be done. Um, you know, in in time. Obviously, an illness, you don't really have the ability to know how long that will stretch out. So, you're also trying to make a career change. And what I might suggest, just because of the external circumstances right now, is if you can find a way to do a stepping stone career. And I'm wondering if there's a way to use your your teaching to get into something more along the lines of training, um, you know, or, or something of that nature, because I think it's going to be really hard to go from zero to 60, uh, considering everything that you're juggling. Have you already looked at that path, Steve? I, I have. Um, again, it really just it comes into the experience thing. I thought that I'd be able to leverage the teaching a little bit in that direction, and I'm just not getting a lot of feedback, and they kind of just want me to go straight into, you know, like call center sales before I would even start into the training. It's like everybody want you to start back at zero and you know i i know and i've listened to the show a hundred times i know i got to make sacrifices but there's just some sacrifices i've done call center work before i i don't think i could physically bring myself to do it without taking like mental health months you know just like a month <laughs> i will agree to this but i need one mental health day a week um, <laughs> yeah <you> <laughs> yeah exactly like and you're gonna pay me for it too because trust me we all need that yeah, I, um, I totally yeah, agree. You yeah, should be negotiating yeah. offers for people, Steve. Um, okay, so let me just ask you a different question. So you did your degree in biodefense. Um, are you doing? Are you looking for jobs in that area because that's what you really want, or you're doing it because I already got the degree in this area? 
Oh, no, I've always wanted to. Um, and that's been something I've been after even after I left my, my bachelor's. That's why I got the master's degree. Um, but it's a very hard industry to get into if you don't have the right connections at the right time. I mean, a lot of it, unfortunately, is political. Um, and if you're coming in at the wrong back end of an administration or what have you, you know, if your timing's not right, it just doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm starting to kind of accept that. And, then, you know, it is what it is. And one of those things where you just kind of eat it and move along. And there's a lot of things that, yeah, I'd love to get involved in. But the more and more I look at them and, you know, I have friends who don't have a lot of connections, but they kind of come back with, hey, you know, you'd be great at this. Yeah, well, I don't have the experience. So if you can't help me here, I'm right back where I started. Zero. Yeah. So your friends, you say you'd be great at this. Um, I, what I would do is when I'm networking with them, I would say, you know, it's it's uh, less helpful that, that I need you to get me a job. I mean, right now I need you to connect me with the people who are in these companies. So really reaching out to those second level contacts. And I know I'm not telling you anything you, you probably haven't tried. But the other thing I'm going to say is to step back after the wedding, kind of once some of this is off of your plate and really look at what you want to do and what you're willing to sacrifice for it. So mm-hmm. if if the call center, if you keep hearing that that's the, the foot in um, and you don't want to do that, then you have to ask yourself, okay, is this worthwhile trade off? And I know it wouldn't be an easy year, but certainly you could, if you're great at it and you've got energy and you prove yourself, I mean, you can move pretty quickly into other places in a company because any company who finds a great employee isn't going to want to lose them and would be happy to have you do other things. You can also, once you're in the company, get mentors, you can meet people, you can network, you're now kind of, you got the key card to get in the door, you can get on special projects. So I know it doesn't sound like the most um, glamorous way in the door, but but it kind of comes down to if that's what you keep hearing and you're not willing to do it, you kind of have to ask yourself that hard question. And Steve, we are wrapping up, so um, I, I'm pretty sure we're already connected on LinkedIn, but if we're not, definitely send me a LinkedIn because I'd, I'd love to follow where your progress goes. And um, all the best on the wedding. I love burgundy and champagne. I totally agree. That's perfect for fall. So congratulations with that. Thank you for being a longtime listener and multiple caller of Career Talk. We love that. And um, I wish you all the best in November, Steve. Hey, you're listening to Career Talk on SiriusXM Channel 111. And we are here with Suzanne Lucas, aka the evil HR lady. And the hour has flown by as always, Suzanne. Um, how can people reach you? They can come to my blog at www.evilhrlady.org or tweet at me at realevilhrlady or send me an email at evilhrlady at gmail.com. All right. So I'm just going to ask you one one bonus question because um, I get this a lot and I, I know I have an answer, but I'm curious what you say. When the job ad says no calls, should people follow this? Absolutely don't call. Really? Really? Why? If you're a recruiter, you've got, you know, 50 positions you're looking for with 100 people that have applied for each one of them. And if all 100 of those people for each position calls you, you're never going to actually fill the position because you're on the phone all day. Okay, but here's counterpoint. How do I know if my resume was actually received, if it got stuck in the applicant tracking system, if they, they're, you know, they've already hired somebody and it's that old mayonnaise in the back of the fridge, how do I know if I don't call? You don't know. And it sucks. Sorry. Yeah. So I, I'm going to say I would, I would risk making a very polite call, just want to see if you got my resume, um, 
versus being in the abyss. See, and I wouldn't because it's just going to tick off the recruiter. She's busy. I, yeah, when, and you could when, for sure. So it's kind of this, it's kind of you're taking a risk doing it. But here's a better answer. What if you just got somebody in your network who works for the company to go tap on their shoulder? Acceptable. All right. That is much better because if someone internal calls the recruiter and says, hey, you know, my friend Jane applied, did you see? First of all, if your resume didn't come up on the first sweep of the applicant tracking system, they'll go hunt you down. All right. Well, <laughs> there you go. We have it. Suzanne Lucas, thank you for joining us. Michelle and Dion, you guys rule. Thank you for listening to Career Talk. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham, and we're here every Thursday at noon Eastern time. Hey, if you want more great advice, go to dawnoncareers.com and follow my blog. We will see you next week. 